Welcome to Dropping the Ball. I'm Andrew. Today with me is my co-host Luke, and we have special guest producer Addison. We'll see if she makes any guest appearances on the actual episode today. But Luke, how you doing? I'm doing all right. <laughs> We're here to talk about the Premier League. So, do you think the entire episode I should speak in a British accent for you? Is that British or more Irish? I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> But it's something. So either way, we're going to have us a little uh, baby sewed with our producer in-house. I like it. Hashtag it. Hashtag baby sewed. And we're going to talk about some Premier League. Really, we're just going to kind of do a, a general, it's not so much a summary of the season thus far, but it's sort of a just, uh, where, where are we right now? Kind yeah, of where thing. everyone is, what their standings are. We're coming into a huge section of, this, of the season. No, no international breaks for no. four months almost. No international breaks for a while. We've got the most hectic part of the season. Enjoy it this year because uh, the, the, the Premier League has always been in Europe, sort of the one league out of all of them that plays all the way through the winter. Everybody else gets a winter break, so it's... You're talking about you know different different countries that sometimes have a bad enough winter where you can't really play much soccer. But the Premier League has always kind of been eyes on. So enjoy it this year because next year everybody's taking a winter break because we have a World Cup right. in Qatar, a country that we can't have a Summer Olympics so or Summer uh, World Cup. So enjoy it this year. Next year we won't have it, but it'll probably back to back to normal the following. So definitely enjoy this the festive season of Premier League action coming up in the next couple weeks. Right, and cup games should be picking up as yep. well. Yep. Uh, you have the FA Cup that'll start getting big. Uh, Champions League Champions midweek. League's midweek. Europa's midweek. You know, yep. all those things are, are happening right now. So there's going to be a lot of football mm-hmm. going on. But, you know, the Premier League has been interesting so far. A lot of, yeah. lot of surprises. A lot of sure. not-so-shocking surprises. I think the top of the table is pretty... Pretty much what you yeah. expected, but yeah. then there's some managers out there that right. have been sacked that we didn't necessarily expect to see sure. shown the door yeah. so soon or yeah. at all. We This is the time of year where manager firing starts picking up because we're starting to really gain a pretty good idea of what these teams actually are. Because in the first 10 games of the season or so, anything can really happen in through there. A lot of teams get themselves figured out about a third of the way through the season, and then they, they become a bit more what we expect. But at this point, 12 games gone, you're, what is that, right there about a third of the way through, a little, really. little less than a third. A little less than a third. And one thing's for certain, if you have Ronaldo on your team, your best option is to win or he's going to ask for your head. Yeah, well, he must, and you must have him score every game, basically. Uh, because from what we've seen of... Manchester United, uh, that was probably one of our biggest stories coming into the season, was a team like United who uh, had spent a lot in the past, but this was like the big grab. They finally went out and got you know, one of their former club legends who still got a couple years in the tank. You had a club legend coaching it. They had a, a former relationship. They actually played together when, when Ronaldo started there. So you expect maybe some chemistry. They'll be able to get it done. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Didn't work out, did it? And honestly, I'm nope. kind of shocked at how bad they are. Yeah, I mean, that and, sound effect actually really hit. And, <laughs> and when you start to think about it, was it the right move? Because United played pretty well there through the end of the year, second yeah. half of last year's They were in a Europa season, League final. And then they bring over someone like Ronaldo, who yeah. we can't we can't sit here and question how incredible of a talent he is. He is one of the greatest the game's ever seen. But... However, he kind of imploded what was working well for United sure. because he stays at the top of the pitch. 
He waits for the ball, and then he defense. strikes. He doesn't play a ton of defense. And at the end of the day, he he elicits the type of play that doesn't necessarily fit United's scheme, sure. or at least what it was. This conversation was actually happening, and I know you guys might not follow a lot of Italian. I love football, and I still barely watch any Serie A. I mean, I pay attention to the league, to that, and many of the other leagues, but... There were articles being written about Ronaldo when he was playing at Juventus asking that same question. Where it was like, does Ronaldo actually really help this team? Or does having somebody that has so much success, so much uh, attention on him actually do more damage to a team than not? And on top of that, I mean, gosh, we're talking about a guy who has just a couple years to go. And how much is that going to actually help out going forward when you do no longer have him, if he's been kind of buoying your ship a little bit here, what's going to happen when you actually then lose him and you have right. this guy who was kind of carrying your teammate at Absolutely. times? Because he's definitely scored some huge goals that were sort of like, you know, uh, maybe they're going to lose this game. Oh, wow, they just won it 2-1 because Ronaldo scored two incredible goals at some point. They would have lost that game 1-0 without him. But So that's that's kind of what we're going to be doing a couple clubs is, is going through them a little bit. But I guess where we should start is just an overall look at the table. Yeah, and, then, so, and so as we've discussed in the past, the way not just English Premier League but European soccer works – there's promotion and relegation, and I think for intent purposes of the episode, we'll go yeah. ahead and start with those teams that aren't looking so hot right now. Aren't looking so hot. And <laughs> one of them, it kind of stinks because we just did a whole episode about them, but they're last in the table in, and the, in the New Money Newcastle. New Money Newcastle currently has New Money No Wins. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see how the transfer window can help benefit this team because there's yes. absolutely room for them to to move into sure. the 17 and up area. Yes. So they're not relegated, but Newcastle's holding up the bottom easy with no wins, uh, six losses and six draws. That is not a recipe yeah. for a whole lot of points. Not great. Norwich is down there, which yeah. really stinks because you know we have a hometown yeah hometown Sar- person in Josh Sargent, Sargent over there, yeah. and and it just doesn't look like that's the right type of team for him yeah. because he's a good scorer, but he's not a playmaker. And he has no sure. room to get that ball in the goal in that type of squad. And then you have Burnley, who isn't faring well either. But they're one of those teams that they're always in this conversation of yeah. the bottom. Yeah, they're they're a scrappy team. They've been here before. Burnley's been holding on for a long time, pretty stable in that kind of thirteen to seventeen range the past couple of seasons. But maybe it's going to be one of those years where we're going to see from what we from what we're kind of feeling right now and we'll, we'll jump up into the, the the 14 to 17 range here 14 is Brentford so they just came up West London Club Aston Villa the the biggest Birmingham team they're also at 15th uh, 16th is Watford and 17th is Leeds uh, all Leeds of is those probably are, the most disappointing one yeah, out of this bunch right all of those are on 13 uh, well 13 points except for Leeds who's on 11 so yeah I'd say Leeds is probably the most disappointing they they have a problem being that they've got a manager who actually created the, the style of play that Pep Guardiola and a lot of other managers in the world, uh, Marcello uh, Bielsa, he's kind of inspired a lot of the top clubs, but that style is kind of meant to be and he's not really able, club, <laughs> And he's know? not really able to coach in any position other than a squatted position. Yeah, on a, on like he likes to sit on the, on the coolers a yep. lot, and he only speaks Spanish. Interesting. So, so he, it's worked for a while because he's he's got this, this great kind of uh, atmosphere about him, and he's a really good coach. But this team is in a situation where you've got you've got a team that can't really score a lot of goals, but yet is playing a super high power offense approach, 
which means they're going to get scored on a lot, which is why they've only won two games, drawn five, lost five. So Watford, another another club who's uh, a yo-yo club up and down from the championship. They were good enough to beat us. They 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 came back up and and they they beat a couple teams this year. They they either get beat five nothing or they beat somebody five two. So uh, in terms of the way that they look, they came back up pretty quick, uh, and uh, I think that because they got relegated, I think last year. So they're they're the year before that. So they spent a year in the championship. They're back up. They're probably going to linger around here. Aston Villa, that's a pretty big surprise too because they had a pretty great year last year to see them floating in 15th and having fired their manager. Uh, your your uh, signing of the season last year with Matty Cash. Uh, he had try, a good start try, of the season so far. Still and has a good season. Kind yeah. of teeter-tottering back and forth. And then Brentford being uh, a new club in. been a long time since they've been in the Premier League. I don't know if they've ever been in the Premier League. At least they haven't been in a long time. And they're they're in there trying to trying to stay up. So that's probably going to be our group that we're looking for for our relegation team. The good they're old that 14, yeah, the bees, and uh, and uh, we'll see if, if one of those, I'd imagine all of the, the relegated teams are going to be from that list of 14. Now, if Newcastle spends some money and starts playing pretty well, they don't have to do much to start climbing up the table. I'd like them to stay up, even though they're kind of in a, a lot of people view them as a despicable club now, on, being owned by the Saudis and everything. Now, but, looking you know, at, let's not be too hard on them, you know? Yeah, and then when you move up a little bit further up the table, I think this is where you start seeing some of the more disappointing stories so far in the, the Premier League. You have Crystal Palace. And, yeah, she's like, uh, I know, I'm disappointed about she, this, this list, She's like, too. where are we going with this? But are, we have, starting to, are, we, are, we, are we about to bomb her Saturday mornings right now? So we're Sundays. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're Sundays. So we have Crystal Palace, which they're kind of a mid-table team, so yeah. there's no shock that they're here. But my beloved Toffees and Everton are yeah. just injury-riddled and just don't have a lot of depth on their squad. Yeah. They're, they're sitting in 11th. Leicester City, another team that Should we have here. higher expectations yeah, they've for. They've been a top four team all the past then three or four years. Southampton, who is regularly in the relegation race. Safely mid-table. Don't you think so, Addison? You would agree? Mid-table? Kind of mid-table. All these guys are kind of mid-table. It's unfortunate, but you would expect Leicester and Everton to not be here. They should be up in that top half performing at least them. Crystal Palace, 10th is a great place for them because... They just uh, they just got rid of a of a manager last year who was one of their all time legends in uh, or all time Premier League legends in Roy Hodgson and they've brought in a, a Patrick Vieira who is a, a club legend for Arsenal and everybody was like oh gosh well here comes another former Premier League legend who's going to totally bomb and he's actually done a pretty good job getting them where they need to be and they've had young talent like. Connor Gallagher, who's a Chelsea loney, and a couple other big name stars like Benteke's finally started scoring goals. So maybe maybe Crystal Palace will, will be able to creep up a little higher. I think that they're going to probably cap out about tenth at this point and stay somewhere around there. They're a handful though because they've they've already drawn seven games, which I think is more than anybody in the division, and that means they've got a, they're a real scrappy team. So scrappy is good if you're trying to stay mid table. More draws is better than anything because you know you're going to finish about. You're gaining points, but you're not gaining enough points to break into those big positions. So Crystal Palace will probably stay there at this point. So in terms of that, that's our bottom half going 10 to, 10 to 20. Now let's start going for those who are chasing that 5 and 6 spot, which are the Europa League. Well, and 7 now, 7 being the, the UEFA Conference League, which is the, 
the third level of the of uh, Europa and UEFA competitions now. And in uh, in ninth place is Brighton and Hove Albion. They're a uh, South. Another Coast kind team. of a surprise that's up here. They, they've got a manager that's really good. Graham Potter is a really good English manager. He's he's highly talented and uh, very smart and gets a lot out of his guys. And it, they they had some years there where they were like, ooh, Brighton's going down. Like, there's no way they can they can play this style and stay in the Premier League. But they've been able to, to continue pushing pretty hard, and, and here they are. Uh, above them is probably one of the biggest surprises of the season. Don't you don't you think so? Absolutely. You've got Man U. And yeah, no, one, no one expected them to be an eighth. And right now, they don't look at all like a team that's even going to be pushing top six. No, no, they don't. I think there's no way with the amount of games that they're being rescued by Cristiano, the amount of moments where you've got like, is uh, is, uh, is, a, is a guy like Pogba even here to, to play or to stay or to do anything? And one week he's like, yeah, I'm staying for the rest of my career. I'm ready to sign another another contract. The next week he's he's looking like he's ready to go. He's dyeing his hair blue like he's looking to, to move to some blue club. Uh, it's just everything's kind of up and down with Manchester United. And, they and now they need a new coach. And they're also going to be in the in the new coach category. We'll get there after we finish the table. Okay, so then the number seven currently holding the uh, the 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 position for the conference league is Tottenham who I guess in a way that's a surprise because they lost their big manager Pochettino who'd gotten them here in the first place then they went through the Mourinho years that kind of looked like they were sliding towards some pretty dark times they brought in Nuno Espirito Santo who seemed like an interesting coaching choice a good coach but not the coach for this type of this type of team with this kind of pressure on them, and that didn't clearly work out because they fired him after ten games, and now they've got a new coach in there as well. So good old uh, Conte, good old Conte's back. We'll we'll get into that in a minute too. So uh, and they just look flat all just year long. Have been I mean, flat. when you have Son and Kane, there's no yeah. reason why they shouldn't score one to three goals a game. Yeah, and then the next up is one of your favorite clubs, the Wolverhampton Wolves, who seem to always give you guys a real hard time. But and and. Given that they're in the position that they are, they did not start this season off well. And in, in no. this this second half of what they've played, they've because really they, kind of stepped it up. They, they've lost that. They lost Nuno Espirito Santo. So if you lose a guy like that and replace him with a guy that nobody really knows, and uh, uh, Bruno Lage, uh, is he going to be able to step into into Nuno's role and actually lead this team? I don't know, but clearly they've been doing all right because they haven't been super good. They've got uh, uh, um, uh, Raul Jimenez, who is their uh, Mexican goal scorer, and he uh, he had cracked his skull open a couple years ago. Nobody knew if he would be back. He's scoring at the weekend. So they're actually really buoyed by, I think, just long-term systems and success that they've had in there that's just been keeping them in these positions year on year. They'll, they'll have a, a two steps forward, one step back kind of system, but they're definitely looking like they're in the, the stepping forward kind of and, mode and right now. And just like Tottenham, they're either a win mm-hmm. or a lose. Both of them only have one draw, which isn't super common. No, but no, it's not common. That's you have to kind of level out a little bit yeah. somewhere, and if you're going to have more of one, you got to have more draws. Than sure. Losses. And as we've seen in the past, with looking at some of our, our teams that we've been comparing, like uh, in our in our uh, Liverpool against the world, where we ranked everybody, the the magic combination is it's better to win more and lose more and draw fewer than it is to draw more than everything else because it's just the math right the arithmetic just plays out if you're taking three points out of a match correct regularly at a, at a pretty good clip then you're going to also be able to to compete for the top half of that table so uh in fifth position competing for those europa league spots 
is a team that I guess is a surprise, but at the same time isn't because they've had such a roller coaster season already in Arsenal. Arsenal came out, had a pretty big start of the year where they were they were uh, they were pretty abysmal, not winning any matches. Tottenham was winning a bunch of matches. They're both the North London clubs. And then they just kind of switched spots. Arsenal started winning all the matches. Tottenham started losing them. And, and so that's why they actually look a lot like Tottenham at this moment. At 6-2-4 and four, as opposed to 6-1-5 and five, and a point more going to Arsenal. So now we're really actually moving into those top four positions. So the biggest surprise of the season for sure is West Ham. Is it though? Well, I mean, kind of. They've only mm. lost three competition since May. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, they're they they're solid, but I think if you were looking at them at the beginning of the year, you'd say, yeah, West Ham, good squad. David Moyes, traditionally good coach, has gone through some pretty rough patches over the past couple spots he's been since he left Everton for Manchester United. That Everything after that kind of spiraled out of control for him a little bit, but he looks like, and I, I remember a couple years ago they were saying, he's got all this talent, he doesn't actually play an aggressive attacking possession style ball. He likes to play counterattack and long ball, a lot of defense and a block block defenders and stuff. But he's actually really put in a pretty good change in his philosophy, and they're playing really attractive, pretty attacking forward-minded ball, which is really cool because I think personally West Ham has a lot of tradition. They've got my boy Kurt Zuma there, a former Chelsea player who just couldn't really make it in their back four. He's there starring every week. They, they and thanks like, to Antonio, yeah. the U.S. is not sitting at the yeah. top of the table in yes. World Cup qualifiers. Yeah. yeah, and Antonio's also been a big part of that too. And you know, now the uh, West Ham's over there forever blowing bubbles, pretty bubbles in the air, winning matches and getting the bubble machine going, which uh, from the video I saw earlier today, Addison is also a huge fan of the bubble machine. She's a big, big bubble machine person. Personally, so uh, in terms of the in terms of West Ham, that's a pretty big surprise. They're doing really well and looking like they're going to be able to to keep some some people out of some big money positions in the top top seven even. Well, and I'm pretty sure it's almost a done deal that Jesse Lingard's coming back to he West Ham. Sh- he should. He posted, he's not playing in United. Yeah, he so. posted an image of him. Remember last year when I scored a goal for West Ham on this day? That was pretty cool. And that was the day after uh, this whole this most recent uh, Manchester. United debacle against... Uh, well, he's not getting time in, in United, no. so why would he stay there? And he would work perfectly in that system in West Ham. He yeah. did, which is kind yeah. of interesting to see why they transferred him out anyhow. Right. Uh, but here he is. He's I, I probably he coming just... back. And from what I've gathered, as soon as the windows yeah. opened up, yeah. he's getting moved. Yeah. It's it's not going to be, let's wait till yeah. January 30th. I, I think that he probably would have stayed. Uh, he was on a loan with an option to buy, and then they just didn't. I don't know if they didn't buy him or if United didn't allow him to be purchased. It was just, it was a very strange thing. Okay, so in terms of our top three, top three are pretty. No uh, surprise here. Pretty no. Well, Chelsea's kind of a surprise being where they are, but really Liverpool and, and Manchester City. I mean, are City, they? They, they are the Champions League they're, they're, winners. Yeah, they had they did win the Champions League, and they've been the best team in the world. Yeah, arguably since they signed Tom Stuckel. I mean, I wouldn't argue. But at the same time, I think like it just the city and Liverpool projects have been around longer. They're stable. True. But at the same time, Klopp's putting on weight. He's looking pretty exhausted. Uh, he's he said that he's like he he can't stay one place for too long because the the stress and everything. So he might be about to cycle out. It could be getting close to the end of the the Liverpool run of of all this greatness that they've had. They don't they can't seem to to buy any new attackers to to put some competition or replacement to some of their old guard. They've had one of the best attacks in 
the last decade. So it's, and they have the best player in the world yeah, right and, now. And, and Mohamed Salah. Salah is fantastic. So I think that they're and Sane is not far behind. So I, I think Liverpool. We'll see. They're probably going to make a pretty heavy push later in this season, and and, and definitely keep this a top four race. It's pretty exciting. Uh, City after that, same kind of thing. I mean, if you lo- if you watched them against you guys the other day, that's that's the best side in the world. I mean, they really are. They they know how to control the ball, and when they play opposition that's just not on their level, and I hate to say it about my own squad, but we're not there yet. Hopefully Rafa can kind of iron that out a little bit with Marcel Brands and company in this January transfer window. But when they play teams like that, it literally looks like they're just out there on the practice pitch because as soon as they lose possession, they're in hard press, they get the ball back, and then it's almost impossible for the other team to grab it. I think the possession alone yesterday's game was 80-20. And there's no way you're going to win. There's no way you're going to even come close to a draw. Could you imagine how frustrating that would be? The type of of passes, though. I mean, I I don't know how much of the game you guys – you watched, but that pass to Sterling was just that outside foot (laughs) hook in, and then no one marked him. And then then that's not even the best goal of the game. That that ball – Struck by Rodri. Oh my gosh! Was that's the goal of incredible. The I mean, the if there was the stat cast in English Premier League, which I'm sure you can find it, I swear that ball came off his foot is at least 100 miles an hour. <laughs> it was incredible. So many Everton fans gave Delft such a hard time for yeah. stopping. I want to stop too. I don't want that thing to hit me. Uh, so, so then in the top of the top of the table, we got Chelsea. Uh, currently nine two and one. They they've only they've they're winning winning winning, not drawing much, not losing much, and they they're doing it on the back of a defense. I think though they uh, Pochettino last week called Chelsea a defensive team. I'm sorry, but if you watch that and you're bored by it, it it's that's your problem and not. not Wait, Chelsea. you mean a, a 26 goal differential is a defensive team? It's, this, it's about the style. It's about the way they they, they line up. If you're playing a, a, fi, a potentially five-man defense at times, everybody's going to call you a defensive team. It just means you have defensive stability and they you know that we counterattack all the time. Well, okay, fine. That's what we do, but I'll tell you that if if that's what we are, that's what we've always well, been in my what, life. So well, and the I'm thing okay about Chelsea too, when you have players like Christian Pulisic, who unfortunately isn't been hasn't been in the starting eleven as of late because Just healthy problems from health, from problems health issues. Entirely. But when you have him come off the bench and then can score almost immediately, oh, yeah. that's something oh, yeah. to really think about. And that's what a lot of these teams, for those that don't follow football as yeah. much, that that's what a lot of these teams in that middle to low part of the yeah. table lack. Yeah. If they go down and they lose some of their best players. They don't have sure. the the help yeah. to come off. I mean, yeah. I know that as an There's Everton fan, that's really what's happening to yeah. us right now. Is oh yeah, totally. We just we have a championship level team yeah. in our backups. And you know, I mean, if you want to call us a defensive team because we've scored 19 goals by our defenders, and the rest of the league's only scored 18, then yeah, sure, sure, we're a defensive team. So, so that's that's the look at the table right now in terms of what we imagine and what we're interpreting from what we're seeing. We're kind of saying if you're looking for the the relegation battle, I'd really look 14 to 20 there. That's the Brentford, Aston Villa. Watford leads Burnley, Norwich, and Newcastle spots. Because they're not going to really go out there and make a difference. Newcastle will. Newcastle will make some big move, but is it going to be enough? The rest of those teams, they're not going to spend that much money. They're just going to do 
enough to try to stay out of relegation. Southampton could maybe end up finding themselves down there, but I think Ralph Hausenhodel does a pretty good job against top half of the of the the table teams. So if you're if you're competing pretty well against top half of the table teams and sometimes losing to your rivals right around you, you're pretty much guaranteed to, to stay up any time that you do. So I think they're pretty stable there. The question then is what happens in that 12 to, to 9 range? Uh, maybe even you could say Manchester United, depending on what happens after they get a new manager. Those teams are the ones racing for that that seven spot. I see Tottenham really more looking up towards that five, six, seven. So I kind of feel like Arsenal, Wolves, Tottenham, they're probably going to stay right around there. Manchester United will stay in the competition for Europa and the uh, and the conference. Those other teams are just kind of fighting for top table. So the the, the Europa Conference teams, they're really going to probably be Arsenal, Wolves, Tottenham, Manchester United, and Brighton. I'd just be really surprised if we see this top four changing all that much. I don't see the top four changing all that much. This weekend is a pretty big weekend in yeah. terms of Premier League. So for those looking to get involved in watching, definitely, definitely tune into this weekend because you have... Uh, who is it? Chelsea and uh, who? Uh, who we play guys? Manchester United. Yeah, che- that's right. Chelsea, so, Man U play, and then also City and Liverpool play. Yeah, so, yeah. So or not City and Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool plays Southampton. Right, right, um, right. Yeah. So in terms of other games that we're looking but at, I mean, City plays West Ham. That was, yeah, that was the, what I was suggesting. The, so you have you have two top four teams going up against each other. Then you have. Chelsea, who's going up against a team that's probably going to have a fire lit under their butts a little bit. United, the only team that should win without doubt, but... My 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 good friend DJ said these are the teams we always have to watch out for, but Liverpool should win without much issue against Southampton. Sure, sure, that would. But those are the teams that tend to make people struggle because you play down to their level instead of up. Right, and we'll see if this is a week where Newcastle starts winning some games against a team like Arsenal, who who can really, they're super susceptible against having a bad start. So uh, in terms of the other big news that we wanted to wrap up, we wanted to do a little bit of the the manager merry-go-round roundup. So uh, the first thing that we really want to to go through, we're just going to go through it in in chronological order. So Watford's been really famous for having a tolerance for their manager of equal only to a club like Chelsea. Watford fires managers like they're going out of style and they're a bottom half table. So that uh, team uh, in the table. So that that makes sense for them to want to fire their managers, but and if they if they have a bad read on a guy, get rid of him immediately. So they had a guy named uh, Cisco Munoz who started the season, fired him October 3rd and replaced him with former Chelsea and Leicester head coaches uh, uh, Claudio Ranieri. Who and sadly, it. he barely even made it half of yes. the what we've gone through. He yeah. made it through five, six games. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. Poor, poor Munoz didn't make it very far. Uh, Ranieri is is taking the team that has a lot of fast, aggressive talent, and they're playing his style, the style that he won a league with with Le- with Leicester. And uh, I think that Watford looks like they could definitely pull a a, a magic trick out and, and keep themselves up by making that ma- that management decision early and saying, you know what, this just isn't right. We've got a manager that we that fits our our model and our ideas. Let's just go out and get him. And they did, and that's going to actually pay some dividends for him. And so the next one that kind of happened was the Newcastle era, the new money Newcastle. We don't have to go into too much depth and detail. They gave him a game though. We did an entire episode <laughs> yeah. on this, but Steve yeah. Bruce. Yeah, they gave him a game and he and fired him. And they replaced Steve Bruce 
with this guy named Eddie Howe, who was actually, if you've been paying attention to the Premier League for a while, he was the Brentford, uh, the Bournemouth manager for their entire time that they were up uh, until the very end where they, they kind of fired him right as they were on their way down. And he's been sitting without a job for a while. And now he's the Newcastle manager. Very exciting, cool stuff. Was about to manage his first match this last weekend. And then, and then you know what happened? Yeah, you know what it was? COVID. Yep, everybody's favorite thing. So COVID hit. He wasn't able to, to manage this last weekend. So they've, uh, they've had to basically continue floundering at the bottom of the table without a win because no matter what they do, they just don't seem to be able to win anything, which would be really crazy if this kind of bad luck continues for them having all that money and not being able to actually just win a game. So uh, the next big one that was up was uh, the Nuno Espirito Santo uh, firing, which we just talked about. Which we all saw coming. Yeah, I mean, it was just, seen, uh, I'm shocked it took until this season. It was the wrong decision because he, he, was, he was hired as a guy who took the wolves from relegation from from uh, the championship up into the the relegation zones right past it and they were competing top half from the first they made the in. champions league yes. first season yeah. in the premier league so they they've got that kind of uh he's got that kind of profile of a, of a guy who can take a a team of talent and really get a lot out of them but there's problems in that locker room that he could not fix and that was mainly related to Harry Kane. Harry Kane and his high Sell horse. Sell the guy. You know, last year he was on a golf course and walking around talking to Gary Neville about how he's a, he could be a 30 or 40 goal a, a, a season kind of guy, and he's just got a couple years left of doing that, and he really hopes that Tottenham, you know, help him follow his dreams. And right now he's scored like five goals, maybe. So it, it, that's not really the mentality of a guy who's going to get a huge money move after this either. But that wasn't Nuno Espirito Santos's fault. They should have They should have moved him. In the summer when they had the chance, and they wouldn't be in this situation. And they had every opportunity to. But, either way, they didn't sell him. They bring in a guy like Antonio Conte, who is definitely a great manager. He's a much Uh, more attacking style type manager, whereas Nuno was, let's try to score a goal and coast to the end, which doesn't bode well for gold scores. They played similar styles, though. They both play three-slash-five-man defenses. Uh, Conte was the first five-man defense-slash-three-man defense that's ever won a a Premier League title when he won it with Chelsea. So I don't really know what they're exactly expecting except stability. And no matter what, what's going to happen with this is Antonio Conte is going to quit this job in a year, maybe two, because he's going to have some success. He's going to say, I want you guys to buy these people. They're, They're we're not going to buy him, and then he's going to leave. That's exactly what he did at the past three clubs he's been at, Juventus, Chelsea, and at uh, and Inter Milan. That's what's going to happen again. So I wouldn't expect too much out of that. The next one on the list, you have Daniel Farco in Nor- Norwich City, and I really think this is just a product of he didn't have a lot of time to be able to build a team around him. They have yeah. good individual players, yeah. but they don't have a good team of players that mesh together. The, I think the problem with Norwich is also related to the fact that he was a really good coach and he could get a lot out of his players and they just were always too early to the to the train stop. So like they right. came up a couple years ago into the Premier League, weren't ready. Whoa, what's going on? Spent some money fell back out in the championship. Now we've got too much money. Now we've got to sell some players because we've you know we've we've got a huge payroll. This isn't any good. Oh whoops, we found our way back up to the Premier League again. And he was just stuck he's stuck in this cycle of a kind of wrong right place, wrong time kind of thing at Nor at Norwich. So 
They fired him as well, and they actually replaced him with the next guy on our list named Dean, Dean Smith. Not to be confused with the late Dean Smith. Completely uh, unrelated. Chapel Hill. But he was at Aston Villa and brought them up and did a really good job with them and had this incredible uh, run with Aston Villa, a couple, uh, what was it, just last year even. Uh, ended up pretty, pretty much overachieving. Now they're down there in the relegation scrap. Couldn't win any games. Fired him. The next day, they hired him at uh, at Norwich. So he's actually still in the Premier League. And he's a great guy and a great uh, English manager. So uh, definitely pay attention and, and watch some of his interviews because he's actually pretty pretty gripping and a, and a fun guy to uh, to listen to. And then the last one that we've got is, of course, our biggest one. And that's Ali Gunnar, uh, Gunnar uh, Solgier, who unfortunately... Was uh, another product of a Ronaldo sniping. I, I think really what they should have done. They've he's He's had this... this this thing about him where they're going towards firing him. He keeps making, you know, can't get enough out of the team. The team's just going one direction and that's down. Nothing's any good. Then all of a sudden they win just enough games in just the right situations to actually end up uh, not being able to fire him because look at what we, look what he's done. He's really, you know, he's turning things around. And last year they got to the champ to the Europa League final. They were in this big After shootout. abysmal start yeah, of the season. Not a great start of the season. Ended up in the final of the Europa League, meaning they were going to get a guaranteed spot into the Champions League. They win this game. I and mean, this is huge. This is like all the chips on the all in, you know. This is it. You lose this game, you're fired because you didn't make the Champions League. So uh, they ended up making it anyway, but they, they still sort of um, in terms of the way that things went, they went into this massive, super long, uh, super long Shootout against uh, Villarreal and everybody. And that was one. That was an incredible it was a, game. It was a cool, cool penalty I shootout. I was pulling for Villarreal. Everybody for sure. scored except for the very last one, and uh, and Manchester United lost that game. And I'm sorry, but after that game, the only decision that could be made was fire him now, fire him now. But they didn't. But they didn't. Or ask him to leave because Manchester United is always an ask him to leave kind of club. They don't fire anybody, so they should have just asked him to leave right then. Done your reset. You had all, yeah, no, get him out. Yeah, get him out of here. And but they they had the opportunity to do it. They didn't do it. They had all these managers on the table. They could have gone after the Contes. They could have gone after the Pochettinos. They could have gone. Could have. Could have. Could have. Didn't. So now they're here, stuck in the middle of the season. Who are they going to get? Apparently, who's number one on their list right now, and what they've said is Pochettino is willing to leave PSG and all the drama that is Neymar in Paris. And, and right now, not at the end of the season, he's willing to leave right it's just now. It's crazy. There's no to go way. To I, I, I just, if I'm him, I know there's some, some animosity with Neymar, but I, there's no way I'm le- leaving a team with Neymar, Mbappe, and Messi. Messi. No. no. Like, there's just no way. As I'm an Argentinian. He's Those, an Argentinian that, too. You that know? team, while they, they aren't necessarily the best team in the world, they have the best three players yeah. as a group, a collective group yes. in the world that score. Yeah. I mean, if you think about just yeah. the sheer talent behind the football yeah. in that attacking three oh, sure. alone. Yeah, that's, that's pretty special. They could have no defense, and they're still going to end yeah. up in yeah. contention for a Champions League final. When you get Messi... Uh, Liverpool's reigning title as the best attacking three in the world was passed to Paris Saint-Germain. So I just don't see him leaving. Although everybody's saying it, and I don't know who's going to come in. Oh, and the other big one that we didn't that we didn't uh, touch on was Dean Smith was actually replaced at Aston Villa by Steven Gerrard. 
which is a, a big a big move as well because Steven Gerrard was up in and uh, at the Rangers uh, managing there in Scotland, and he's uh, been a big name for a lot of teams yeah. as of late. I'm yeah. glad to see he finally yeah. got a job. So he's he's back in and uh, doing his thing. So good for him. They won at the weekend. A great couple couple goals to give Aston Villa a win. Looks like they're moving back in the right direction up the table. So uh, that's pretty much our, our summary of uh, of the Premier League up to this point. What do you what do you got? Got anything else to to mention on our on our pod here before we? Close it out. Any chance that United brings in Frank Lampard? I could not picture Frank Lampard managing there. No, I was just curious because he still doesn't have a job, and that's a good manager that he doesn't probably, have a job. He probably will take that job, though. <laughs> I would. <laughs> or maybe maybe, maybe he slides over to PSG. Who knows? Maybe, I don't know. I doubt it's, it. It's a good question, though. I think he turned Frank turned down the opportunity to take Norwich, which means he's looking for a higher position to take. He doesn't want to be relegated. No, he doesn't want to be. A, he doesn't want to be one. He doesn't want to become one of those English managers that just cycles in and out of the championship. I know. Me neither. Well, yeah, you guys. That's that's all we have for today. For those people, those folks, our fans that are looking to, our fans that are looking to get into the English Premier League. Yeah. Continue to tune in on Saturday and yeah, Sunday mornings, especially. Uh, check us out now that baseball season's coming to a yeah. close and there's an impending lockout and transaction freeze looking like it's going to happen in a couple weeks. Yep, so we can come back with that soon. You're definitely going to hear a lot more soccer coming up. But, hey, make sure you follow us on our Facebook pages. You yeah. follow us on our Facebook pages, Ladoru LLC, and then also Dropping the Ball group page. You can tweet us at dropping underscore the ball, no G. You can also email us at droppingtheballpod at gmail.com. But most importantly, make sure you tune in, you listen, you subscribe, you share it, you tell all your friends about us, and you give us five-star ratings. Five-star, baby! You guys, we hope you appreciate uh, you, you enjoyed our episode. You better appreciate it, you, Hopefully you appreciate it, <laughs> but uh, I hope you enjoyed it. We hope you have a wonderful day. Happy Thanksgiving to Thanksgiving everyone, everybody. and we'll, we'll catch you next time. Peace! Later!